Second Law Soap Opera, Chapter 5, Martin Goes Home. Martin returns briefly to his grandfather's house to pick up some warmer clothes. He uses his key to open the door and peers inside. Grandpierre, I'm here! Gotta make sure he hears me. I don't want to scare him. Martin walks past an ornate dining room to the back of the house. He enters the kitchen where he finds his grandfather sitting at a large table eating his early dinner. Martin, you want some pancakes? Uh, I just came up to pick up some more stuff. Running low on underwear and warm clothes. Weather is starting to turn cool. How's school going, young man? Great. Got out of my biology quiz today. The professor quit. Martin drops his backpack to the ground and takes a seat at the table. They're allowed to do that? I don't know. I started volunteering at the hospital a few hours a week. Excellent. Ah, such a wonderful medical center there. Food is not so good there. Everything tastes the same. I had both hips replaced there, you know, and my right knee? Or was it my left? Anyway, what are you doing there? Helping with emergencies? He lowers his voice to a conspiratorial tone. Diagnosing dreaded infections in the lab? Um... Martin shifts slightly in his chair. Dietary. I bring in the trays and help people eat their meal if they need me to. Then I collect the trays. Martin begins a flashback relating his first day at the job. The students are getting a tutorial on what they should be doing in their dietary experience. Randall is the dietary supervisor. So, we gather the trays for each patient by wing and floor. Make sure it matches the correct diet for each patient. Be sure each patient gets the meal with the correct barcode. Does it matter? Aren't they all the same? Of course it matters. You don't want a diabetic to get the same meal as a post-surge or a bariatric patient. I see. None of the students really do understand. The small entourage walks into a patient's room. Randall suddenly transforms to the utmost professional. Good evening, Mr. Jackson. How's it going tonight? Mr. Jackson snorts, lifts himself up slightly in the chair, and retorts, Bah! Good enough for government work. All the young people look at each other, confused, having never heard that expression. What's for dinner? As if it matters. All tastes the same anyway. Martin seizes the opportunity to contribute. Herbs chicken with vegetable mix and apple dessert. Mr. Jackson peers at him over his glasses. Who in the hell are you? Randall hastily guides Martin and the rest of the volunteers out of the room. He scowls at them all. See you in a bit, Mr. Jackson. And thus, we're back to Martin and his grown pair. Well, it'll get better. You have to start somewhere. He pats Martin's hand as if he were a child. Suddenly, the door opens and an overwhelming-looking woman in her 30s enters with a small girl of five. This is Martin's sister, Claire, and his niece, Lauren. Lauren squeals and runs to give Martin a big hug. 
She begins to hop on one foot. Guess what, Uncle Mar? Melissa told me that she could hop on one foot longer than me without falling over, and I won! <sighs> then we had snacks today, but only me and Oliver could eat them because everyone else couldn't get mission from their parents to have a snack. Claire interrupts. Hi, Martin. Good to see you. Why are you here? Getting some more clothes. I didn't realize I needed more than two pairs of shorts for school. You really need a first base coach. <sighs> Mom and Dad were always helping you through life. Time to grow up. Come on, Lauren. Let's get ready for dinner. And I have a special surprise for you for your new bedroom. Martin and Grandpere watch as Claire corrals Lauren up the stairs while juggling numerous packages, her oversized purse, and Lauren's backpack. So, how's it going with my pleasant sister and Lauren living here with you now? It's been an adjustment. James wants to reconcile, but Claire's just not ready yet. It's fun to have Lauren here, though, eh? So smart, just a bundle of energy. Asking day and night for a puppy. Okay with me, but Claire's not ready to handle all that. Suddenly they hear a child's piercing scream. <coughs> Martin springs out of his seat and jumps up the stairs mostly three at a time. He finds a distraught Lauren sobbing and pointing accusingly at a large stuffed black retriever dog toy. It's the kind you see at FAO Schwartz. Very realistic with brown, soulful eyes. Huggable fur, but no fleas or ticks. Or reasonable price tag. That's not the puppy I wanted. It's not real. Claire looks defeated for once. Deflated and exasperated. Your father thought you'd love it. Look, it's a beautiful puppy. She begins to pet the toy's black fur and uses the other hand to wag its tail at the same time. It doesn't breathe. I can't play with it in the yard. What would I even feed it? Lauren then turns the toy on its back and examines its belly side. She begins to speak with renewed hysteria. I can't even tell if it's a boy dog or a girl dog. Claire and Martin just stare at each other. Martin reluctantly gives his sister a compassionate look while trying not to laugh. Grandpere looks up and yells from the bottom of the stairs. Claire comes to the landing. Everything okay up there? Yes, all's okay. Lauren doesn't like the new plush puppy James got her. I didn't want a toy. I wanted real. Thanks for listening to Second Law Soap Opera. Please subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. This episode was sponsored by Lab Partners and Science Tutoring. Let them help you with the scariest question of all. Who's your lab partner? Second Law Soap Opera. Power of Preserve, LPSP Incorporated, 2020. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. Put a smile on